whether we're talking about business, wellness, travel, or relationships. I've always thought age is just a number. Welcome to Ageless with me, Cynthia Raleigh, and my daughter, Kit Keenan. Okay, I guess just to jump right in, hi guys, and welcome back to Ageless. Today we have Carla Oates on, who's the founder of The Beauty Chef, and maybe we could just jump in. Um, I would love to know what prompted you to found The Beauty Chef. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. I'm very excited to be part of your Ageless podcast. I was just saying how gorgeous it is to to meet you both and how, you know, radiant and beautiful both of you you are. Um, So thank you. So, yeah, I started The Beauty Chef in 2009 and it really was, it it came out of, it was very an organic journey and it came out of my need to find a real solution for my daughter's skin issues and also her health issues. So she had uh, eczema and significant allergies and really, my whole journey, I guess, started even further back because I, as a child and teenager, I had eczema and allergies as well. So it's very much in our family, genetically predisposed to the to eczema and allergies. And my mum, I had I used, I used cortisol um, cortisone creams, and they didn't work, and I had eczema all over my arms and my legs. And my mum took me to see a naturopath when I was about 12. And the naturopath said we need to do a whole lot of food allergy tests. And I was allergic to gluten and dairy and various other foods. So she eliminated certain foods from my diet and gave me supplements. And so from a very young age, I recognised the connection between what we consume and put in our mouth and our skin health and well-being because my eczema subsided and I felt so much better. And so then fast forward years later, I into my early career as a journalist in my 20s as well as a fashion stylist. And so I was working predominantly as a fashion stylist and also writing for different publications and popular culture and fashion mags. And I got a job, offered a job, and I had two young children then, and I got offered a job in uh, as a beauty editor for a mainstream newspaper. And at first I was so excited because I hadn't been a beauty editor before. I'd only done fashion. I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. I'm going to get sent all of this amazing product. And so I got inundated with all of this mass market skincare product. I was like, wow. But being a natural researcher and really into natural remedies, and I'd actually had started studying naturopathy for a period of time in my 20s, so really immersed into that kind of world on a personal level. And in my professional world, I was getting sent all of these chemical laden products. And being a natural research, I was looking at the ingredients and there was all these questionable chemicals like possible tetragens, carcinogens, neurotoxins. And I was like, how can I write about this? I can't tell people about this stuff. I know from my own experience with eczema that it's about what you put into your body and using beautiful, nourishing, topical treatments. And so I decided to leave the newspaper and really focus on helping to change the paradigm in the beauty industry to be much healthier. And so I wrote a book with Penguin Books called Feeding Your Skin. I became the columnist for Wellbeing Magazine and I uh, wrote their natural beauty column and did all their natural beauty books for the last, I've only just stopped doing it actually. And it was so hard to give up that column because I've been doing it for I don't know, maybe 20 years, and I just am too busy now. So I, um, I, and then I wrote a column for one of the mainstream newspapers called Do It Yourself Beauty, which taught people around how to look after their skin more naturally. And then my daughter, when she was around 10, so nearly 13 years ago, she also suffered from um, eczema and allergies. And I'd done some research in the into the gut bacteria and it was something I, I stumbled across a, a nutritional paper that was talking about certain types of gut bacteria and its effect on allergies. And so as I 
really honed into that research and looked more and more into, I guess, even from a, a naturopathic perspective, but also some of this kind of more scientific research that we're looking at gut bacteria. I mean, naturopaths have said for, you know, so many years that, you know, health begins in, you know, your gut. Like your gut is your second brain. It's where everything sort of happens. And, and so, but I love the fact that there was more, you know, kind of scientific work being done on these back, you know, back, uh, gut bacteria linking to allergies. And so I decided to put my family on a gut healing protocol, which really looked at eliminating certain um, foods like I had done when I was a, a teenager, like gluten and dairy from her diet, but also introducing these probiotic rich foods, time honored foods like, you know, kefir, kombucha, sauerkraut into our diet. So I started making lots of fermented foods. And I noticed such a huge difference in her excellent allergies, her concentration and focus. And I also noticed such a difference in terms of how I was feeling my energy levels, my skin. People were saying to me, Carla, what are you doing differently? Your skin is glowing. And I'm like, the only thing I'm doing differently is I'm eating these lacto-fermented foods. So I did become like the local pusher for all of my friends and family and neighbours who were like, oh, I, I don't want what she's having. Can, I, can you give me some of these, these foods? And so Glow in a Beauty Powder, my, the first iteration of it was born in 2009. And I was so excited because I thought, you know, I found a real solution to skin issues. This is not just a Band-Aid. This is not some awful synthetic cream that just makes your skin look better for a a few minutes but actually is not really is compromising your skin this is going to the root of the, the problem and working on your gut health where I really found uh, for me it really resonated and made, made sense from my own experience also from the research that I did that beauty really does begin in the belly and so that's where it sort of all began glow came out and I was like okay and everyone would say to me Carla this is so weird like back then there was no inner beauty powders no one talked about it yeah no, and, and so, and especially like, they're going, so what's in it? And I'm like, it's lacto-fermented food. And they're like, what's that? That's really weird. I'm like, it's rich in bacteria, which is really good for gut health, which is really good for your skin health, which is really good for your well-being. And they're like, this is so weird, Carla. This is so left of field. This will never work. But I felt so passionate that I'd found a real solution to skin issues. And so I was determined to make it work and to help educate people about it. And so... It's so cool to see, you know, fast forward however many years later and, you know, there's an inner beauty category, there's a wellness industry and people get gut health, you know, and people understand the importance of gut bacteria in the microbiome for skin health and well-being. So I love that we've been part of that paradigm with Beauty Chef and also for me I just get such a thrill out of seeing a healthier approach to beauty and, you know, we've all seen not even, you know, wellness is beauty, beauty is wellness. And people are really embracing clean beauty and looking at what's in their skincare and understanding that their diet is so important. But also I love the fact that we're really engaged. It's about being the beauty chef. We're really passionate about helping people to be the healthiest, happiest version of themselves. And so I love that there's more diversity in beauty now. It's not just, you know, years ago when I was in the industry, it was like this one size fits all, this very prescriptive idea of beauty, which I never, I did just, didn't like and I didn't um it didn't I didn't connect with it and I wanted to help change that perception and that everyone is beautiful it's about embracing our, our uniqueness well I I mean I can totally relate to this because I had a full diet transformation after my senior year of high school and my I cut out dairy completely from my diet and gluten mostly. And my allergies that I had had severe allergies, I would have to take like Zyrtec or Benadryl every single day in the summer mm -hmm. since I was a child completely Went subsided. Away. I just don't have them anymore, which is crazy, crazy, crazy that and even your eczema, she had eczema a lot. I mean, I still I still do, but it's definitely way less than it was when I was in high school. So it's just like I, I'm definitely living proof of that whole, that whole like gut skin connection. I can totally relate to that. So. Yeah, and I think like by association, our whole family has sort of become 
you know, dairy free, more, more, um, conscious of God health. And, um, we, you know, would love to, we want to hear more, but, um, and learn more. But, um, I think it, it helped my allergies. It helped my skin and help everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're believers. Yeah. But it's so good. I mean, and I guess, empowering it when you actually can help heal yourself and heal your own body through food and 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 so empowering when it's you know I see so many people have eczema and acne and they go to different dermatologists and doctors and they get you know also prescribed things like Roaccutane which is you know I know for some people who um, you know, I, I understand how it can really affect people's confidence because I had, you know, bad eczema when I was a, a child and teenager and I remember going to the beach and being really embarrassed that I had eczema on my legs and my arms. And so I really relate to that that feeling of, because, um, you know, your skin is your interface into the world. And when you've got, you know, significant skin issues, you can feel embarrassed or, you know, anxious about it or worried and and for a lot of people, I think you know they um, you know they go to the dermatologist, they go to, but it's not actually dealing with the underlying problem. And I can see that you know rioacetane, for example, for some people is you know very helpful because it can help clear their acne. But you also worry about such strong medication, and and is it not better to maybe try eliminating some of these foods from your diet, like taking sugar out, taking dairy out? Possibly gluten if you, you know, your gut's compromised. A lot of people do have issues with gluten and trying to embrace a healthier lifestyle. And it's a much healthier way and a more empowering way to address your, your skin issues. And uh, so for me, it's just so rewarding when people come to the beauty chef and, and have all these, you know, skin issues. They take our products, you know, uh, and they read the books, our books on gut health. And, and for so many, it can be, you know, it can be life changing, and and I think it's also good to remember that like, it's not just a gut skin axis. There's also a gut brain axis, so an information highway between your gut and your brain that can influence how you feel and your moods. So you know, ninety five percent of your feel good hormone serotonin is made in your gut. So you know, if you ever experience gut instinct, your gut instinct or butterflies, that's your you know your gut brain axis working and. So when you embrace a gut health and a healthier diet and healthier lifestyle, not only do you find that you get the benefits for skin health, but also the way that you feel. So, you know, we've also seen people who come back and say, I've completely revolutionized my diet. I've taken, you know, gluten, dairy, sugar out, I'm eating more whole foods, I'm exercising. And we know that there's biochemical reactions that happen when we consume food. There's biochemical reactions that happen when we exercise and we produce more serotonin, more dopamine, getting good sleep, all of those things really affect our skin. I mean, we're, we're so into, you know, it's also interconnected. Well, I think also, you know, now that we're in a pandemic, I think all of these things are, this is the time. Yeah. Try something if it's new for you or get more serious about it because it, this is the perfect time when you need to elevate your mood in terms of like a healthy lifestyle exactly yeah, for sure and it's interesting isn't it because I mean you know none of us want the pandemic and it's been you know really so hard and uh for, for a lot of people on, on many different levels from I guess you know mental health to people having to be you know isolated and stuck indoors so I guess people who have got sick from from um the the virus so you know but I guess I try and look on a positive, on a, from a positive perspective. I think it's you know if we can sort of embrace time, a time for self reflection, self nurturing, self nourishment, learning more, acting more locally. And so I think if we can kind of go, what can we? This is not a great situation, but what can we do that's positive for ourselves and our community and our loved ones? And and a lot of people. And I know a lot of our community are really taking that time to sort of, you know, look at how can I, you know, put that focus on myself and my health and well-being. So, and as a brand, we've really tried to provide our community with that content that's really focused on 
ways that you can empower yourself through lockdown and through this this period of time. And and a lot of people ask me, well, what what's the best advice around you know looking after your health during this time? And my first is it's gut health. You know, beauty begins in the belly, health begins in the belly. And when you think that your gut health, your gut and your microbiome help to regulate your metabolic health, your skin health, your gut health, your brain health, but also your immune health. So 70% of your immune system actually lies in your gut. So, so important to embrace gut health through good nutrition, through exercise, through good sleep, meditation. We know that stress compromises the, the you know, your gut barrier and, you know, preclinical studies show that um, interruptions to your sleep cycle can disrupt your body's ability to maintain a healthy microbiome. So it's just those simple things of good nourishment, nutrition, trying to stress those if possible and, and getting that help. You know, there's lots of great apps like, um, you know, Headspace and Smiling Minds to help you de-stress. We know, you know, meditation is so good for your microbiome and for your skin health, for everything, but, you know, for your mental health. And, again, they're all just so interrelated, but gut health is, um, yeah, extremely, extremely important. Well, I I mean, I kind of want to circle back to just the founding of the company and you had mentioned that you put your family on a gut health protocol. Um, I'm wondering what that has looked like long term. You know, I think that there are certain foods that everyone's microbiome is so different. So mm-hmm. there are so many foods that might irritate me and my skin issues that don't apply to you um how have you found that like journey to be for you and just finding those triggers for your own skin and your own lifestyle it's a really good question i think there are so many people who have more and more food sensitivities because their gut health is imbalanced and everyone is different so something that triggers me which might be salicylates for example um, someone else ha- might have a different trigger, like it might be amines um, or FODMAPs. So everyone is different. And I guess what I think is interesting is that when you strengthen your gut health, generally speaking, uh, you tend to find that your allergies, no matter what they are, subside. So the common denominator is gut health in all of those, I think, food sensitivities. It's just that they manifest differently. But the last book that I wrote, The Gut Guide, goes through four stages. It's a four-stage program of um, healing, weeding, seeding, and feeding your gut. So when people's gut's really imbalanced, they can react to even super healthy foods. So like I have people come to, you know, British and write in and say, you know, I thought that whole foods were really good for your gut and I've been eating lots of raw foods and... I'm, I'm getting lots of, you know, reactions in my gut. And I'm like, yeah, raw foods are really great for you if your gut health is strong and robust and, you you're, you know, you have the enzymes to break those foods down and you have that digestive fire. But when your gut health is imbalanced, you know, you can really react to healthy foods, cruciferous vegetables, garlic, onion. You know, onion and garlic are prebiotics. If your gut's really healthy, then they're great. But if your gut's imbalanced and you're suffering from a whole lot of different food allergies, and uh, then, of course, they're going to be more, um, you know, they're going to inflame the situation more. So the first part of the, the gut guide is to calm your gut and heal your gut. So really it's around taking out some of those foods that you individually and whether you work with a health practitioner find, to find out what they are. So I think the elimination for a period of time can be really good while you build up your digestive fire, take out some of the foods that irritate your gut and slowly introduce them and rebuild, um, you know, your, uh, you know, trying to cut and whether you have to take enzymes to help or, you, can, you know, there's lots of things that you can you can do, which we outline, like bitter foods, for example. Bitter greens are really great for helping to increase, um, uh, to help with digestion and increase that, the, that digestive fire. And so there's, you know, there's lots of things that you can do to, you know, taking, you know, probiotics to a certain stage, 
Now, even for some people who are really sensitive, having a lot of probiotic-rich foods can be problematic again. So again, it's just keeping your diet really, really simple if your gut is really out of balance. Bone broths are really good. They're extremely healing. Um, I would say, you know, you're cooking your foods, so uh, lots of soups and stews and to break down, like if you eat meat, you want to put the, your meat into those soups and stews to help break down some of the hard to digest proteins when you've got help when you don't have that digestive fire. And so yeah, soups and stews and bone broths, lots of vegetables, because we know like the polyphenols, which are antioxidants, are found in fruits and vegetables, um, and things like green tea uh, can be really helpful for healing or to repairing um, or strengthening the lining of the gut. There's also like we've got a product called Gut Primer. And it's got lots of ingredients like licorice root and slippery elm and L-glutamine and aloe vera and turmeric, which are also really good for helping to repair the cells of the lining of the gut. And so if your gut's really imbalanced, you've probably got some sort of form of leaky gut that can trigger an immune response and worsen your allergies and also trigger inflammation in the body. So what we want to try and do is calm the gut, help to repel, repair the cells of the lining of the gut and slowly, you know, create this sort of journey to gut um, strength and resilience and supporting your healthy microbiome and, and feeling better. So we've had a lot of people who've gone through the gut guide journey and had incredible and fantastic results, but starting with that healing, um, taking out some of the foods that uh, you're really reacting to and slowly introducing them back into the diet. Because I guess you don't want to always be on this elimination diet because there are so many foods that people, when their gut's really out of balance, they can't have. They're really, you know, missing out a lot of food groups that are, are really important, like cruciferous vegetables, for example. You know, when your gut's really imbalanced, a lot of people have problems digesting them. And they're so amazing for you. Like, I, I always say people don't get enough of the cruciferous vegetables into their diet, like your broccoli and your kale and your Brussels sprouts. I know. Favorite. Delicious. <laughs> Almost uh, like every night. Oh, yeah, they're so good. And so, look, I, I think you're right. Everybody's gut health journey is, is, is very different. Uh, but it just comes back to the basics of uh, you just want to try and you know, get your gut lining stronger, your digestive enzymes working properly, your microbiome happy, and that way you sort of, you know, you work in um, synergistically that really helps your, yeah, your gut health, your skin health, and your overall well-being. Wait, can I, I just ask one thing? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to, is there like a test so that you, that if, you know, some way that you can know like, oh no, red flag, uh, my gut uh, health is just like for shit. Like I'm really in trouble and I better yeah. get serious about that. You know what I mean? Like I think I'm okay, yes. but you know, and I eat really healthy, but you know, there could, I could be just, not I could be overlooking something and so I'd love if there was some way that you would know I think in so many ways we are the best judges of what's going on in our body so I think if if you have uh bowel movements that are questionable uh ongoing that that can be a real sign like they say maybe this is too much information <laughs> I'm very you know I talk about this stuff all the time I know time. questionable I'm and not you know, sure people always, uh, <laughs> just talk so kind of freely about you know bowel movements I'm like, I'm like I know but so I'm conscious that for every for some people it's not um it's not cool to talk about it but um here I go gut health was such like a weird like that was such a weird thing to talk about a few years ago and now everyone talks about it because it's so important to like everything in the body, the skin, your mental health, your physical yeah. well-being, all of that. So it's just like, maybe it's a little taboo. Maybe it's a little weird, but soon everyone will be talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I, you know, it's so funny that you say that because when I started the, the brand, I, our tagline at the beginning was beauty begins in the gut. And then I just thought people found that too harsh then I changed it to beauty begins in the belly because I thought that was a more poetic way of saying what I was trying to say and, and so it's when you talk about like when people say to me well how should my bowel movements look it's like well the, the ideal bowel movement 
should look like a banana. And that's a peeled banana, not one with a skin on. So a peeled banana is how, you, you know, your bowel movement, that's the ideal in terms of shape and, um, you know, I guess in terms of how... Um, scale. Uh, yeah, scale. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I guess if you're having, you know, um, you're constipated or, you know, loose bowel movements, bloating, that's always a really good indication that there's something going on with your, with your tummy. And there are tests that you can you can get stool tests. You can get practitioners to analyze your stools to look at your um, you know the bacteria if there's anything that is um, you know obviously missing. I, again, I still think that there's a long way to go with that because our microbiomes are unique to us. They're very complex, but you might be you know missing the beneficial type of E. coli, for example. Um, people think about E. coli as you know food poisoning. Yes, there's that E. coli, but there's also beneficial E. coli and you might be missing that and they might say, you know, you need E. coli, but you've also, we've got to recognise that not everybody has the same bacteria. So while beneficial E. coli might be good for someone's microbiome in their environment and eating the foods that they do, um, maybe for you that's not necessarily a, you know, type of bacteria that you need in your gut. So there's still, it's, it's very, very complex in terms of, um, I mean, I'm absolutely fascinated by gut bacteria. I think it is, um, it's so interesting because we are so unique. It is so complex. And we know that, you know, in different communities, like if you look in, in different communities in Africa, their microbiome looks completely different to because of their diet than, you know, someone living in, you know, an urban environment in a, in a city. And it, it doesn't mean that, you know, one's necessarily healthier than the other. It's just a different microbiome because of a different environment that you're in. Although in saying that, we do know that there's something called the farm effect. And if you, it was a study that was done on children growing up on organic farms in, in Europe. And I can't remember exactly where it was in, in Europe. But anyway, growing up on an organic farm and being you know, helping with the gardening and the harvesting of the plant, of, of the food, of the produce. And they had far greater microbial diversity in their guts than, and less eczema and allergies than looking at the microbiome of a child growing up in a, you know, urban environment in the UK who's on a conventional processed diet who had far less um, who had far less microbial diversity and higher level, higher rates of eczema and allergies. That's so which interesting. Which is oh really interesting. And again, you know, for growing up on a diet, say in, um, you know, Japan, you have, because you've grown up in a, a, eating, say, seaweed, you have the enzymes to digest seaweed properly. But if you come from a different background raised on a different diet you'll have different um, bacteria and enzymes to break down foods because that's where how your microbiome has evolved so my you 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 gut health is and something i'm really interested in is your environment so you also know i did it looked at this study and i think it was in tanzania and looking at women who um, were harvesting in their community tubers and the, the men in the community were not so involved in the, the planting and the harvesting of the tubers. So the women, women were, were more involved. And they developed through being exposed to the microbes in the soil that was growing the tubers. They had the enzymes to be able to digest those tubers. Oh, wow. Just they were exposed to it. That's right. And so I truly believe that we should all have our own gardens and be growing our own produce because I think it, for me, it makes sense that you are, you know, we are really connected to our environment and our microbiome and our gut bacteria is very um, influenced by our environment. And so every day, you know, we're, we, we're exposed to so many different types of bacteria in our environment, you know, when we touch a surface, uh, you know, it, when we eat a plant, you know, if you, you know, um, plants have lactobacillus bacteria on their surface. So um, what we breathe in, 
And so everything is everywhere in terms of bacteria, but the and the environment selects. So basically, you know, where it's what we feed that bacteria. So we are inhaling, we're ingesting bacteria all throughout our environment every single day. And then what our lifestyle practices and what we consume will help to propagate you know, that bacteria that we come into contact with. Mm. So I guess if we're, you know, consuming, if we're kind of exposed to more pathogenic bacteria, then of course our lifestyle practices and what we consume will, could possibly help feed that bacteria. Um, so you want to be, you know, eating well um, and being yeah, exposed to probably, you know, I mean, as I said, and, and this idea of good and bad bacteria it's really interesting because I work with a team of microbiologists and they're like, Carla, everyone wants to say good bacteria, bad bacteria. There's definitely pathogenic bacteria, but it's also about having, it's about a balance because we are exposed to all different types of bacteria. And again, it's for some people, you know, there's, uh, and, and depending on you, your lifestyle, your, you know, environment, that bacteria could be, you know, pathogenic or, or good for you. I know it's, it's, it's very, it's a mindful, it's very complex, but the one thing we do know is, and all the microbiologists that I work with and naturopaths will agree, the diet is the most, one of the most important factors for influencing your microbiome. So, and when I, you know, they all will agree that a whole food diet leading towards more of a Mediterranean type diet is what is shown to be extremely important. And and fibre. So your microbiome, the fibre, the bacteria in your gut that are fibre degraders, they love fibre. They feed on fibre and they create these very important compounds called short-chain fatty acids that are important for metabolic health, brain health, gut health and immune health. So fibre is super important and Mediterranean diet, what I can kind of gather from all the research I've done and pinning down microbiologists and the scientists we work with who, do, who don't like to be definitive about anything um, <laughs> because they're scientists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's true. However, if you look at this, you know, and but, you know, they're like, yeah, it, the Mediterranean diet is a really good base diet for your microbiome. And long and long life. I mean, that's yeah. really like, yeah. the, well, I'm, I'm half Italian and my whole Italian, all the relatives live to be a hundred or it's crazy. They're the talent, you know, the, yeah. Well, the Mediterranean, I think it's a lot to do with the diet. Yeah. You know, and I agree. And also lifestyle, I think, um, and community. And there's, there was an epidemiologist who went to this little town. I think it was in, in Italy. And, he was saying that he wanted to go and study them for a lot long because they were living to, you know, um, very long lives. And he said that, you know, just to, he, he, he kind of, he went and visited and he was going to go back to do a whole study. But he said they ate lots of anchovies and yeah. red wine. We know that red wine's got the polyphenols in it. I was going to ask you um, about alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Olive oil, olive oil. And he said they did uh, had lots of afternoon naps. And they gathered a lot together in, you know, community. And the community is super important for happiness. And we know that if we're feeling happier and less stressed, then so is our microbiome. It's very important. I, I was also thinking pollution probably has so much to do with it as well. And I'm wondering in your research around um, environment and gut health, how pollution plays into that. Yeah, I think it, it's um, it's an issue, and and even from I mean, you know how amazing you feel when you've been to the country, and you just feel so incredible, and you come back after a few days, and your skin is literally glowing. Mm. And so I think in terms of the pollution, and I mean, we know pollution triggers free radicals in our bodies, which is you know, free radicals are those pesky molecules that cause premature aging and are linked to lots of disease in the body. And so I think that trying to get into, you know, create, get out to the countryside um, and, and clean and, and breathe clean air is, is super important. For sure. Growing up in New York city, I'm always like 
thinking about that. Even if I buy an organic vegetable, it has been sitting in a city environment for days. So I'm always like, even when I'm buying organic food, I'm like, this is covered in New York City pollution, (laughs) which is not the best, but yeah. I think also it's important, like you can only do what you can do as well. And I think we can get sort of, um, you know, we've sort of got to look at our environment, our budgets, everything. What what can we do within that? You know, like we can't control everything. I think people get very stressed. I see people around me going, oh, I need to do my Pilates class. I haven't washed my vegetables and I haven't done this, this, this. And it's like that's also stress. So it's like we get stressed about also the pressures of having to be, you know, super clean and super healthy and and, and I think it's, we also have to, you know, realise that we can only do what we can do. And I think by eating whole foods and, and just trying to create some of that balance in your life, like even if we live in, you know, I live in, um, in Sydney, but I do live near the beach, which is amazing, just bring that, that fresh air and those beautiful fresh sea air as well. And also wherever you can, I think, connect with nature, I think that's really important. And there's more and more studies showing that how important it is to be what being around, you know, greenery and connecting with nature from the sounds to the visual greenery to, you know, having that that contact with nature is super important for our well-being. Well, I love the idea of the gardens because of gardening because or urban farming or just mm-hmm. farming in general, because I do think like people are really starting to do that more and more since, you know, we've been in quarantine. Um like right away, that was something that I felt like, okay, if I can't control the world or my business, you know, I can at least grow things, you know, I can put seeds in the ground and grow things. And it's so satisfying. And it's something that, you know, is just, you know, makes you feel so good. So I'm glad that that has also been other benefits. So um, it does feel so good, doesn't it? Gardening is, there's something really special about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, we want, we wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, what it was like when you first started off, when you were first yeah. um, selling and, you know, talking about your product and y- how you grew to be this global brand that you are today. So that's a great question. And I guess when I, started it was you know I was working out of a cupboard in my bedroom so I was working as a freelance you know writer and writing about natural health and beauty and I created this product and a friend of mine did the design for the website and I was thinking I have a couple of thousand dollars how am I going to, everyone's telling me that this whole concept is really left of field and it won't work because it's strange and no one, <laughs> because it was this bio-fermented nutritional product full of bacteria for gut health and it was an inner beauty product. And it did get quite a bit of attention from various um media so Vogue did a story on it and on me and because everyone thought it was interesting and very unique but she still didn't quite understand it and so and I realized as well that when you introduce a completely new concept into a market you really need to have either you know a lot of marketing spend to be able to educate people about this completely new concept so I had no money to do it and it was, everyone's going, this is very odd. But then I was getting some media attention. So people were curious to try. And I remember I got a phone call from the buyer at Farmer's Department Store in New Zealand. And she said, Carla, I saw your an article on this product in Vogue. And I bought it, the product off the website. And she said, it's amazing. People are telling you that my skin is glowing. I feel so much better. She said, but I'm really frustrated because it's, way ahead of its time. There's no inner beauty category. There's no way for me to put it on the shelves of farmers. And so I said to her, you know, I guess, you know, maybe one day in the future, you know, you'll contact me when you actually, you know, there is an inner, inner beauty category. And so I'm thinking, okay, there's no, I can't put it on any shelves. What am I going to do with it? And so I got contacted by uh, Home Shopping in Australia. 
TDSN, mm-hmm. which I think is like it's like QBC in yeah. in the US or H- HSN. Yeah. And so an agent called me and he said, look, I've heard these amazing things about this innovative product that you've created. And he said, would you be interested in coming on TV and selling it? And so I was like, yeah, sure. I said, you know, that could be really interesting. At first I was a little bit concerned because I'm thinking, is TV shopping a little bit daggy? Like, do I have to go, go on air and say, hey, you buy my product and that's not all. You also get a set of steak knives as well, you know. <laughs> and, and I thought, and they're like, no, you just have to get on and just be yourself and talk honestly about your product. So that was really cool because I, you know, so they, they did, it was actually it took about 18 months because they've got a really strict QA process. And so they had to do a lot of, you know, they had to do a lot of kind of paperwork around uh, selling the product on, on TV. And during that time, while I was waiting for it to go through that QA process, the, the, the brand, the product started getting momentum through word of mouth. And I don't think you can ever underestimate word of mouth because if a product works, people tell people about it. Mm. And so, you have, you know, people telling their aunts, their uncles, their nieces, their work colleagues, their grandmothers. And so it did get a bit of a following, which was great. So I was starting to get more and more build up on my website. And then I did launch on TBSN and it did give me an amazing platform to educate the customer about the product and gut health. And it was amazing. Like it's, you know, I still do TV shopping nine years later, even 10 years later. It's the number one health brand on TV shopping. And so that really helped me, give me a platform to be able to educate people around something that was very left of field at the time and also create my business. So really I, I worked from, I had my office in uh, my lounge room and I created about five or six products and then I started, um, maybe it was five products, and then I started hiring people, so I hired PR. So I started getting lots of, you know, after I'd been doing it for like, four or five years by myself um, and the inner beauty category and wellness category started to evolve in the retail environment. I started getting calls from Selfridges in the UK and then Netta Porter in, you know, America. And uh, and so I was like, okay, you know, and then it just was started and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I need help. <laughs> so I started employing, you know, PR, sales and marketing and so it's just growing from there. And now, in, you know, Sydney, we at our head office, we have 35 people that work with us full time. And we have um, employees in the UK and in America, both, both East Coast, West Coast and, um, and in Hong Kong as well. So it's just really grown very organically. And, and for me, it's, it's amazing because it is such a passion. And I love, I'm very involved in product development. And I now work with a team of microbiologists, naturopaths and nutritionists. And I love that the microbiologists are really, you know, fermented food is actually kind of state-of-the-art in terms of the area of the microbiome. They're fascinated by fermentation. We're working on a a project with the University of Sydney here and the Charles Perkins Centre and looking at the anti-inflammatory and immune-boosting properties of fermented food which is really, really exciting that while I started fermenting in my kitchen so many years ago, now, you know, this is kind of frontier um, at, at the kind of, um, you know, it's, it's where a lot of microbi- microbiologists are sort of researching these incredible benefits of fermented food and how they, um, they work with our, our microbiome. Yeah, I mean, I think anything you can do to limit inflammation in the body just due to the western diet of processed carbs and processed dairy is probably great i agree i mean inflammation is probably is involved is implicated in in all skin issues so at at the root of all skin issues it's inflammation and all disease any disease in the body really starts with low-grade systemic inflammation and you can where there's gut inflammation, there's going to be skin inflammation. And where there's gut inflammation, there'll be inflammation throughout the body. And, and you know, from a naturopathic perspective, leaky gut is also very implicated. So where there's leaky gut, there'll be inflammation in the body. So calming your gut health, supporting your gut health and your microbiome, super important. And being on a you know, anti-inflammatory diet, which is so, you know, your, your whole foods are super, super important. And fermented foods are, you know, this kind of, Fermentation is just like this natural genius biological process that makes foods more bioavailable, creates a broad spectrum probiotic, 
and it's the area of postbiotics, which is really interesting. And postbiotics are kind of, again, I think the new kind of frontier of biotics. So while we've had prebiotics, probiotics, there's postbiotics, which are basically these um, compounds that uh, probiotics create during the fermentation process that have um, potentially immune-boosting and anti-inflammatory benefits. So I'm intrigued and, and inherently um, fermented foods have postbiotics because through the fermentation process, the probiotics produce these postbiotics, which is it's a, it's a fascinating area. So I'm, I'm intrigued not only by, you know, um, the research that we've done in prebiotics and, pro, and probiotics and fermented foods, but this new area of postbiotics. I have never even heard about postbiotics. That is... yeah. Uh, very that's cool. That's the next big thing. It's, yeah. very, it's very cool. And and that's, you know, I think a lot of those old, you know, um, ancient sort of food art forms have been lost. Right. You know, I mean, we don't ferment. And, you know, we know that, so so many people say to me, well, I've got so many issues with legumes and I've got issues with grains because their gut's out of balance. But also, you know, we know that when you look at traditional societies, they ferment they soak grains and legumes, they sprout them, which makes them easy to digest. And so it gets rid of, you know, so people are like, oh, you know, why, you know, your, your glow powder has legumes in it and I don't get bloated. It's like, yeah, because we've fermented them. So when you ferment, it gets rid of some of the anti-nutrients like phytic acid that can cause bloating, give people wind in their tummies. And so I think, you know, fermentation has been around for such a long period of time and it is, it's genius. Like if you really look at what the, the process, what it creates, it's amazing. So our products, they're bio-fermented um, and then in, often in um, our products we add medicinal herbs as well as um, nutrients as well. You are such a wealth of knowledge <laughs> on on all of the science and everything. I'm wondering how you learned about the not as fun side of entrepreneurship in terms of finances, investment, scaling your company and all of that. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think at the beginning I found it quite overwhelming because I'm a creative at heart And so I'm like, how am I going to manage the other side of the business? And I think what I've learned is that business is actually very creative in itself. And I actually really enjoy the business side of it. And, you know, I think, and I say to my kids, because both my kids are really creative. When they were at school, I mean, they are both left school now. But I used to say to them, you've got to embrace, learn to love maths. And they're like, we yes. hate maths. And I'm like, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So math is math. actually really cool. Unfortunately. Math and science, you're doing both. Yeah. yeah. And and I just feel like the way that they teach maths at schools is really boring. And um, and you know, it's like, can you imagine? Because my son went to for when he was younger, he went to a Montessori school. And they used to teach maths and such. So we used to run these, um, you know, we used to have an organic co-op that I used to run at the school. And so we'd get the kids involved in maths by helping us divvy out the vegetables and the fruits into boxes and run market stalls. And they loved that. And so we would teach, helping them to embrace being entrepreneurial um, but also understanding maths through counting the vegetables and running a market store to make it fun. And it was just, when I learned maths at school, it was just so not fun. Mm. And maths is actually really interesting, really creative um, and challenging. And so, and I said to both my kids, you know, you're both creative, but if you want to be entrepreneurs, I use maths every single day in my business. So I've learned to love maths and I really do love it now. Like I, I find it interesting. I find it, um, so for me, I've really had to strengthen the left side of my brain and I found that challenging and rewarding and I've tried to surround myself with people who can help teach me. So uh, I think making sure you've got a really good accountant uh, and a really good and just ask lots of questions. It's so important as an entrepreneur and having your own business that you understand your PL and you also um, 
you know, I guess that simple thing of you can't spend more than what you're earning, that very simple kind of um, transaction between, you know, what's coming in and what's going out. And so I guess I have really held a very, because I did get invested in a company last year with fantastic um, PE company. I'd held off for all this time. And I um, realised that for the, the brand to grow further, we really I needed a, a, a financial partner and also a partner who uh, would help me from a, just a, that kind of brainstorming and having someone there that I can and partner with and share the business. So that's actually been really amazing for me. But up until last year, I really held a very um, a tight ship, a very tight ship, and was very resourceful. Kept my overheads low. I'm creative, so I can be scrappy. I love being involved in. Oh my god, that's hands-on. my favorite word. I always say, like, you can't be an <laughs> entrepreneur and not be scrappy. I'm, I know, and people, I, I love that you love that word because so many people go, "That's a terrible word." I'm like, no, because you know, when I started the brand, my girlfriend's a photographer, and so she, I would do the styling, she did the photos, um, and I love being creative. So we we do we generate all our own content, we do all our own photo yeah. shoots in house. We don't use an advertising agency, and so I've I've learned to kind of do things. Um, I less, I guess, in a more affordable way, but also in a more creative way because I like being hands-on. So it's been, as I said, you know, I think you've got to, you've got. It's important you don't let go of the financial side as well because I think a lot of people who are creative going into a business, they go, I'm just going to leave that to my accountant. I'm going to leave that. I have made that mistake too a couple of times, and no one is going to care about your business more than you are. And so you have to kind of, while it's important to let go and delegate, you also need to know what's going on and have an understanding of what the people in finance are doing. I 100% agree. Like the yeah. only, like when anytime my business has not done well, it's when I had someone in place that, you know, I thought knew what they were doing and then yeah. not at all. And then. And I think it's really good to share that because I think we've all had experiences and I, I wouldn't be, be truthful if I've said that everything has been really easy because there's lots of things that have been really challenging in growing and growing and running a business and. And you probably know too, even like um, work-life balance is very challenging when you're a CEO and an entrepreneur and, mm-hmm. you know, you're constantly just juggling lots of different things and, and you know, sometimes you don't hire the right people and, you know, and I'm such a people person, I find it really hard when, you know, I like flow, I like things to be positive, I like people to be, you know, achieving, I don't like to give up on people either. And, and so, you know, I'm, you know, when people aren't, I'm always like, I give them another chance, got to really give people another chance yeah. and, and really, you know, I guess I'm a nurturer. And so that's also really tricky running a business because sometimes you have to be a little bit more like, well, this is not right and I've just got to. So I'm learning to be a little bit more um, and it's, you know, taking a, lot, a long time, but I guess um, when things aren't right, it's also important to it's also good for, like, if you, you know, employ someone in your business that is not right, what happens is that I'm the one that will go, I need to try and, you know, make it right and I really want to help them. But if they're not right in the business, it doesn't just affect you, it affects your whole team as well. Exactly. And so you see your whole team not, be, you know, and it's like, okay, I need to be strong and make this decision, even if it's a hard decision, but in the long term it's better for that person because they're not in the right role. And everyone around them is not, is not being able to be in their genius zone and be their best because there's a there's a um, it's not flowing. Exa- you are one hundred percent. I agree completely. That's exactly yeah. that's my problem. My problem too, because I think in to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit of a you have to be an optimist. So being an optimist, yeah. then you always assume or hope or wish that things will work out, you know, with maybe someone that you've put in place that you're like, well, I'm optimistic that this is going to, you know, they'll grow into this or whatever. And yes, sometimes that works. And, but a lot of times it doesn't, but it's part, I think it is like goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur, being optimistic about people when maybe, it's not the best thing. I think I agree. Like you let the team yeah. down. And I think that yeah, like exactly. entrepreneurship is so 
glamorized, especially in my generation, I think, because it seems as though anyone can be an entrepreneur now because of all of the digital ways that make finances easier and production easier and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think entrepreneurship is is very glamorized and I think it's important to talk about the realities of running a business and how hard it really is. Yeah. Things aren't as easy as it seems and a lot of times when you see influencers or uh, you know, public figures selling out their products in a day, it kind of, I would say it takes away from all of the hard work that true entrepreneurs are doing all the time. Hmm. Yeah. And it's, and I guess, you know, I think that's a really good point. Uh, and, but everyone's journey is different. And, and I think, because yeah. I, I, I think, you know, there is, I mean, I guess there are, Sort of, there are cases of overnight successes, but people always say to me, "Oh my gosh, you know, you just kind of, you got this amazing business, and you're so lucky, and that's great." And I'm like, I, I do feel very lucky. I feel so lucky that I live in a country that I've had the opportunity that I can create a business. I do feel very lucky and very privileged. Uh, but I, in terms of, people don't see the hard work and the late nights and the weekends, and and I guess for me. I do what I do because I really love it and I'm really passionate. And so when people ask me about, their, you know, when they want to start a business, there are those people that, you know, just, you know, they bring out a product and it's an overnight success and it resonates and, and that's um, and that's fantastic. But for me, it's a lot of it's about the journey, not just, you know, the success. It's about It's about the real passion for what I do. And, and I always say to people, like, are you really passionate about this, what you're doing? And, and because, you know, really success is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Right. And, <laughs> I love that. And, um, and so I think hard work is, yeah, I mean, behind every successful business, there is a lot of hard work that a lot of people don't see. And you just, you know, because if you look at all the hard work and if you didn't love what you do, you'd be like, why would you do it? And for me, I'm on a mission. I've always wanted to help people and educate people about the importance of nutrition and gut health for beauty and well-being and be part of that very healthy paradigm shift, shift in the beauty industry. And, and I, you know, I love research. I love developing products. I love the creative side of creating beautiful imagery so and and I love I mean I love hard work actually and I and the business side funnily enough I'm amazed how much I enjoy it and that's not to say that there's I mean I have days where I'm just I do a lot of things I don't like doing um and I know I have to do them and that's fine but it does balance out with that just that very profound passion I have for what I do I have so many questions. I feel, I feel you a hundred percent. I feel like we're so similar. I have so many questions, but I feel like we should let you get on with your day because. Well, maybe just to close off, you could tell us what you're super excited about in the inner beauty world and what's yeah. next for Beauty Chef. So I'm working on lots of new inner beauty products. And I'm super excited about creating products for people where um, there is a real need for a solution. And so there's lots of solution-focused products coming up in our, in our beauty range. So I'm excited about our MPD. I'm really excited about the research that we're doing into the gut microbiome and the partnerships that we are going to be engaging or we have engaged with various universities and the education that we want to, you know, continue around the importance of nutrition and gut health and, and, and fostering a healthy microbiome for gut health, skin health, immune health, mental health, metabolic health, and continuing just to, to really innovate and pioneer and educate. So sort of, you know, more of what we're doing now so watch this space and and also working on skincare. So that's another area that I'm working on as well, which is exciting. Awesome. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we could just close on that and we will link the Beauty Chef website. But if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners, let us know. Oh, that's so, that's so nice. It's been so gorgeous talking to you both. I hope we can talk again. And one day we can can meet when I can come over there, um, which I don't know when it's going to be, but, um, you know, I, yeah, I just, yeah, wish you all and all your listeners great health. Look after yourselves. And my my saying is always um, look after your gut, be gutsy and follow your gut instinct. All right. So I'm so happy that you guys got to listen to our stories today. As always, you can follow us on social media and keep up with our work and our crazy adventures. Then you can follow us on Instagram at Cynthia Rowley and at Kit Keenan. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 